Michael. Jamie. It's ghostical time. It's ghostical time. I'm really grateful to you for having a sore throat. Why? Because I got to test out the drink that I made for you. Oh, I'm very grateful to be your guinea pig for this drink. This, uh, what do you call it? It's not I a guinea pig myself first. It's a, it's a hot Jamie. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a janky hot toddy. It's a janky hot toddy. It's basically just uh, uh, honey whiskey with some hot water in it. I didn't have any lemon. I didn't have anything. So you know, just it's just all those things are just fancy schmancy for, right. for those bougie alcoholics. I'll tell I will take mine straight with just a little bit of well, it's hot fine. water. It's good. Yeah. It's very good for my throat. My my throat is not. It's I'm not. Sore, not I don't have a sore throat because I'm not. I'm not sick. It's just um, I've been recording. So much and so many, <laughs> so, so much. many really loud things where right. I have to scream all fucking day. I yeah. had like an eight hour recording session yesterday and I had six hours today because yes. I'm traveling this week. And so well, the and studios are like, Ford? can you do all of this? Pigeon yeah. Forge. Pigeon Forge is where they make pigeons. Oh, they forge them. <laughs> it's, a big the old, it's a big old, it's a big old clay furnace where all the right. pigeons in the world just come flocking out of there every season, bobbing their heads out. Uh, <laughs> Trash doves. And I was in. <laughs> my friend right? Devin they are. <laughs> they are not cute flying raccoons. Uh, rats, really flying rats. Flying rats. That's they're like they're. pigeons that have just been in the city too long, and they lose their song. They get a little, you know, little pigeon is like, ooh, ooh, and after a few days in the city, they're like. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> just choked by all that. They've been punched in the face too smog. much by their dealer. Uh, <laughs> but I was in Pigeon Forge, which was uh, very lovely. I, it's the home of Dollywood. I'm so jealous about that. And, uh, well, we went to Dollywood, and I will say uh, it was an experience. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's it's a tourist trap. It's what you'd expect. But it was, but they, it's a trap that. I suppose earns the traffic it's got. You know, a lot of people right. have a good time there. The Christmas lights did not trigger me, meaning oh. they were nice. I saw someone that and, would. Um, I almost took a picture and sent them to you. Oh, thank you. You're a friend. They were on a church. <sighs> An old church. I was in Pittsburgh and uh, I had the best time. Jack went with me. Uh, Monica was there with her fiance. So we did We did have a good time. One morning, Jack and I walked like six miles. And so just, it sounds so It great. was amazing and Beautiful so views. chill. We were on the other side of the same mountain range. I know. That's probably what it was. Yeah, I was in the but, lowlands and you were in the higher area with yeah. Pittsburgh. Because you were up in, you were in um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania. Yes. I was like, where is it? Pittsburgh, Kentucky. That's not that's right. That's not right. It's, and I it's was in uh, Tennessee. Northern Kentucky. Northern. <laughs> All the way in. I kept All saying it because there's a north. lot of William Penn this and William Penn that. And every time we passed it, I was like, oh, Jack, it's Willie, it's the Pins of the, uh, William Pitt of the Pennsylvania Pins. That's what I said. <laughs> Ridiculous. We had Pigeon Forge, everyone was really, really nice. And it's a very um, lovely, very clean place. Uh, Dollywood, especially, seems very clean for yeah. an amusement park that has as many people in it as it does. Right. Because I've done a lot of music, uh, amusement parks. Only in but my the best time. from Dolly. And in my movie, um, <laughs> in my movie, we met her. Yes, we didn't of really. But did. part of me was thinking like somebody we interacted with was actually Dolly in disguise, doing like an undercover boss thing. She doesn't know in the park anymore, but she still makes appearances for like parades and stuff. Right. And um, and then you make the song that I'm adding on to, to your movie. You make the song. You write it um, with Brandon. And, oh my god. And maybe I. I love Dolly Parton. And I'm maybe not I guest lie. star a little bit on it, and it's called Dolly in Disguise, and it's about Dolly your experience. Dolly in disguise. That's right. Oh That's my right. god, yes. I will do it. Then, I want to do and it. And then like we meet Dolly because of it. Bluegrass, folky, like banjo. Oh my god, uh, fucking yes. So 
I love Dolly. I think she's wonderful. If you don't like Dolly, distant relative, it's whatever. I Dolly Parton and Edgar Poe. Welcome to me. I still can't. Edgar listen. Allen Poe. So sorry. St- <laughs> we call him Eddie. We just call him Eddie um, Poe. Eddie, Eddie Poe. P. Yeah. But um, yeah. It, uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So it was really fun. But at some point, all the voice actor guests was like myself and 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 Caitlin and Steve Bloom and Bo Billingsley, who were wonderful people. They are wonderful. And Chris Wakeham. Uh, also wonderful people. Uh, we're all, and we were at some point, it's night and it's cold and they were staying open later for the holidays. So we got to see more of it than we thought we would. Mm. And um, there's like a little um, kid ride. It's most certainly for young children um, and and their suffering parents. I'm so ready for um, this story. It's just a, it's a bunch of little little plastic bears going around a track and it looks like a little bayou, a little low, low country bayou. And we're walking by it and we saw like an old grandpa with his little granddaughter, uh, I believe, with him on one of these bears. And all of us looked at each other and like, oh, we're fucking doing that. Yeah. So we got on the bear. And it's funny. We were so rowdy on this tiny ride <laughs> for children that one of us lost our wallet. Oh, no. And uh, uh, not not any of us. It was one of it was one of the handlers. Her name okay. is Amanda, and she's awesome. <laughs> I don't uh, want to out her, but she, her name she, is she Amanda, gets, yeah. and well, she there's was a lot volunteer. of people named Amanda. That's true. There were like five of them at the con, uh, working for the con. So, yeah. but she was my handler, and uh, we had our handlers come with us to the park because we were they were so much fun. And we we're like, please come with us. We don't want to do this without you. It, it just yeah. wouldn't feel right. And so, and they were like, yeah, we've never done Dollywood before. You live here, and you just don't do these things. And so we went, and she was. <laughs> She was treating her bear like a mechanical bull. And when she got off, she was like, oh, shit, my wallet. So they had to go back. There was one of the park people, like staffers, had to ride the bear to go back around the track with a flashlight. Found her wallet, thank God. That's good. But it's just imagine how rowdy you must be to lose your wallet. To lose your, your wallet. wallet. We had excellent liaisons as well. Um, that would be Zach and Sharon, and they were fantastic. We have met Zach before, and Sharon has been your liaison before, so it was really, yeah, it was really Sharon. nice. We having a great handler really makes or breaks a convention for you. So we've been really, really lucky, does. Grand yeah. Ski. Like, well, it's, it could be very exhausting just because you're, you know, you're talking with so many people throughout the day, and sometimes having very, um, not emotionally intense conversations, but emo- emotionally charged conversations. You know, people yes. want to come up and say. You know, it's it's hard to sit there and have people come up and just want to, you know, talk to you about how much they love you for stuff. I mean, it's really nice to hear, but it's exhausting to kind of sit mm-hmm. there and accept that all day because you you know you um I'm not not to be ungrateful. I sound so ungrateful saying that. Like oh, it's so hard to have people tell you they love you all day, but you know it, it's it's hard to be. It takes a lot out of you to be as present for that many people, right? Uh, in one day, because by the end agree. of the day, like you realize, my God, I've just had like I've had like a hundred really. Uh, uh, like intimate conversations, brief yes. but intimate conversations with strangers, and that takes, mm-hmm. it's just takes a lot of energy out of you. Glad to do it. It's the job. Absolutely. Well, and in the past year, but a for handler me, can make that a, a lot. Can, make it huge. can really help. You know, yeah. help you. Think a good handler can help with the shy fans. Oh yeah. I have a lot of fans that are kind of shy, and they mm-hmm. come up and and I, you know, I'm I'm a big guy, and I'm loud, and so it's easy to understand how anyone would be a little cowed the idea of talking to me. But I've got a handler that knows how to kind of you know, put them at their ease. It just makes all the fucking difference in the world. Right. I think for me, well, I was going to say that um, this past year, a lot of the conversations are much more elevated in tone about situations and what happens to people and everything. And in no way am I saying don't continue to share those things with me because it's totally fine and and, uh, always eye-opening. But uh, it can be a little draining by the end of the day. Sure, sure. 
to to be there, be supportive to so many people. However, I love it, and I love being in a position where I can do that. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, because it's support in different That's ways. Wonderful. But you have, you do have to kind of, when you come home from cons, it's important to just kind of. I have to have a day. Yeah, I have to like have, just put myself in some like happy break chamber right. and just not deal with anybody for like a day just so I can like recalibrate. Yeah, well, um, in this last convention too, I was drunk most of the time. So that, <laughs> that'll work. It's 18 and up convention, so. I did not have that. I was in, I was in Pigeon Forge, yes. Tennessee. And there was not a lot of alcohol to be had. Yeah, it's very um, rare when someone comes up and is a My Hero Academia fan that I can be like, fuck yeah, My Hero. And they're totally fine with it because normally there's a six-year-old there. Right, right. You can't do that. Yeah, I know. I have to watch you my language, which is it. really hard for me to do because I, I, for sounding as erudite as I typically do, <laughs> I'm also fucking filthy. Yeah. I, the great thing is that most, I am so much better at censoring myself with language than literally anyone else I know. Especially uh, me. Who I cusses will, like I do. I, I'm so much better I, at it. You are. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I don't know your secret because I will, I think I fool myself into believing that my, my sometimes highfalutin tone that I don't realize I've just let loose a string of curse words. Right, I'm yeah. Like, you know, and speaking about the Kierkegaardian, you know, categorical imperative, it's also fucking important to know right. what you're talking about. And I'm but like, luckily, oh. people are still trying to figure out what the third word meant. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, I don't know what... Maybe, so Did maybe, he say a swear? No, surely not Michael. Maybe the profanities humanize me. Maybe it's a good thing. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> the other benefit I have is that, um, I think because of the internet, people <laughs> think I am like, they're, they're a little scared that I am like this really hardcore bitch or whatever. And then I'm going to be like, what the fuck is your problem? Step up here and say hi, which is not, not what happens. Whatever would kind of love it if you did that just right. once, just once. Okay. I'll work on it. Someone say you be that person. Anyway. Um, well, I'm glad you had a good time. Thank the, you. The scenery looked amazing. It sounds it like the gorgeous. con was really fun. It was much needed uh, peace. I had a wonderful a time chill. in Dollywood and Pigeon Forge. And there was really good brewery there. That was there. I, mm. I, the alcohol wasn't as hard to come by as I made oh it Oh, my God. There was so much was alcohol like, and so many great restaurants with so many good drinks. It was amazing. <gasps> there was this one. Okay. Just for everybody to know. There was this one drink that w that Jack and I had at this bar. I'm going to recreate this drink for you. And it was you. a bourbon port cherry and some other stuff beverage <laughs> and it started kind of smoky and finished like a dark black cherry kind of flavor and it's one of the best drinks i've ever had it's jack's uh. favorite that he's ever had so we took a picture of the ingredients and then we're like michael make this for us so, so we'll let my, you know how that's going that's going to be my christmas gift if any you. bartenders know that this sounds familiar and have any advice please send them to us because my body is ready for more of that. I'm beverage. going to experiment. And I may not recreate that drink, but I may in the process find something of my own. That's fine too. That's fine too. That's it just sounds too. like a wonderful combination of ingredients. It was like a special holiday drink situation that they had, but Inspired. oh my God, it was so good. Inspired. All right, you ready to start this show? Ready to start. I'm sure our listeners are. All right. So, <laughs> number one <clears throat> comes from Drew. Drew. To start off, hello to you two. And I love listening to your hello podcast. Hello to you one, two. That's as well. And I too <laughs> would like to join the group of people who think this podcast is freaking haunted. Cause uh -oh. holy shit. That's how it's spelled. I like it. <laughs> this is something that happened a number of days ago, one evening. 
I was sitting at my laptop in our dining room, which has a good view of the hallway leading to the rest of our house. My parents had gone to the bedroom for the night, and my brother and his girlfriend were hanging out in our kitchen slash family room. This was probably around six or seven in the evening, so it wasn't terribly late. As I was sitting at my laptop, I was listening to your recent Ghosticles 42, which is the last one, on and off while Brian- Fucking terrifying one. Yeah. No, Ghosticles, not the episode. Ghosticles oh, 42. That well, was episode 42. That's right. You're right. Sorry. I'm I bragged about that all weekend. God. Flights. Ugh. It was the flights. Era. I spent the entire plane looking for ghosts. Looking out the fucking window. Oh, that's even worse because then the aliens are gonna come up the wing. Um I'm less afraid of that than I am. Sorry. Well, because that doesn't make any fucking sense. It makes no sense, and at least they have like they're a physical thing. And if you know the plane crashes, I can just hitch a ride on their UFO. Anyway, go on. So, Ghosticles 42 <laughs> was what Drew was listening to. Listening to it on and off whilst browsing. That is totally my style. I do everything while browsing. Especially this time of year. I gotta buy shit. Okay. <clears throat> That's the appeal of podcasts, really. Right? Now, this is where things get weird. <laughs> I noticed at a glance what looks to be a lady wearing a white nightgown, hashtag bitches in white, run down the hallway <laughs> into the family room. Oh. I assumed it was my mom coming out to get something, so I didn't think much on it. That is, until five minutes later. My mom comes walking back down the same hallway, still fully dressed. Well, shit. <laughs> I thought as I did a double take at the hallway and wonder what the fuck I just saw as I switched to, that, some, to some holiday music for the rest of the evening. So thanks for that. Sorry for the long essay story. Hope you all have a nice holiday and stay spooky. Love it. That's not, it's not that long. That wasn't very long at all. That's, uh, it's terrifying. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, just like, Oh, I don't that know, must the, be mom. Fuck. Must be mom. Nope. It's a bitch in white. I'm dreaming of a white. What if it was this, what if it was the ghost of Christmas next? <laughs> the ghost of Christmas decor. I don't know. The ghost of Christmas. Oh, I forgot that. Let me get that. <laughs> What else do you have? Ghost of Christmas past, present, future. Ghost of Christmas could have been. I don't know. Mm. Um, Ghost of Cynical Christmas. <laughs> there's one of my favorite versions have of a Christmas carol. Have yourself a cynical Christmas. It's the Blackadder Christmas carol. Which mm. is like Blackadder, the BBC show that used to star, uh, starred Rowan Atkinson and Stephen Fry and uh, uh, Hugh Laurie. And it's really funny. Like each season takes place in like a different time uh, oh yeah, like right. In era, there's one that's set in World War One and the trenches, and so on and so forth. And it's the same characters reincarnated uh, mm, into each mm -hmm. situation, and it's just ridiculously funny. Very, oh, very, nice. very British humor. Well, they it did was... a special. They did a special Christmas Carol version, and this one, Black Adder, was like the Scrooge character. The Rowan Atkinson uh, the character was Scrooge, and he was actually a very nice man who was very generous to a fault. And the ghosts come to him on accident to show him past, present, and future, and show him that he's actually a pushover. And so he learns to be an asshole because they show like the future is that he's like his descendants rule the universe. And he's like, oh, <laughs> so I should stop being so nice. Very well, and he becomes an asshole by the way. It's really funny. And the ghosts are like, ah, uh, it's not really what, That's we, not what we were really intended. doing. Sorry. On to story two. This comes from Morgan O. Morgan, oh, um, I will start with praise of both Jamie and Michael for you. one, your voice acting as well Yay. as being amazing. Thank you, Morgan, oh. Now onwards to the, I guess, many stories. Uh, my first story was told to me by my aunt from my dad's family. 
for, for some history on why and when this happened. My father died when I was in first grade. Sad to hear that. And after the funeral in Gloucester, Virginia, where I was born and where my father's family still lives, and I have lived for decades, um, my Aunt Crystal came to our old town home, a townhouse that my father died in downstairs. My room being the first room up the stairs and a hot spot for activity, not only because I had a giant mirror sliding door for a closet, uh, mirrors being rumored to be portals. I also tend to be attached uh, to activity along with my aunt. But moving on. Um, years later, my aunt told me she woke up to a low country laugh. A low country laugh. I guess is that a Tennessee thing? Low country. Oh, uh, not like... Low oh, country oh, laugh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> low, low country, country laugh. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and the feeling of wet willy. I, I don't know. <laughs> Jay, don't get any other. Oh, you don't know what a wet willy is? Well, oh yeah, that's that's what they mean. Like I think you, so. You, you like you you slobber on your ear and you stick it, or slobber on your don't finger slobber and stick on your it ear. Someone's... That's disgusting. Well, you're slobbering on your finger and putting it in someone's ear. That's just as disgusting. Uh, just because there's a middleman between slobber and ear doesn't make it okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, yes, indeed. She says it's the act of licking one's finger and sticking it in someone's yes. ear. Perfect. My father did a lot to my aunt when they were younger. Ooh. My next story, short and the last, my childhood dog died when I was eight. Months after my dog's, uh, my dog Bobo's passing. It's a good hmm. name, Bobo. Um, the place we kept his dog food and leash, which held his smell, and the smell long, and the smell was long gone. Uh, my mother and I were downstairs, and all of a sudden, we smell Bobo's scent. We go to the house, uh, but the, the scent fades, and this has only ever happened once, but the memory still lingers in my mind. You know, I've had that happen where you have a pet, for years, and it's like there's you still catch them in the corner yes. of your eye. Yeah, absolutely. Or hear them, you know, scampering down the hallway or something, and just just a brief enough time to realize, no, I couldn't have. They're not here anymore. It happens a lot. Oh, it's sad. Yeah, well, it is. I kind of like the idea of a ghost giving someone a wet willy, though. That's kind of funny. It is. It is. Uh, All right. What's your next one? It is from Darcy. Ooh, Darcy. I like the name Darcy. It's a good name. I've always liked the name Darcy. Uh, okay. That's because you like to read. Uh, <laughs> it's true. That's true. Hello, you two lovely people. It's your boy girl, Darcy, coming. That's what boy slash girl. Darcy, coming Love at it. you with another spooktacular update from Pittsburgh. Woo! It was lovely to meet Jamie at Sangawa here in the Berg and tell her all about our, my husband and I, experience at Hillview Manor. It was awesome. And I was like, please send me the story. You have to do it now. And then she did. It was incredible. I included a link of the history of Hillview and have followed it up with a cons condensed list of hot spots in the manor. But here's our story. So, yeah, she writes the story for her. And then I get to go through a little bit of, like, history of the manor, too. So it's very Sweet. extensive. My husband, our mutual friend, Mark, and I all went on a public ghost hunt to Hillview Manor a couple of weekends ago just for a bit of fun. We brought a K2 meter to measure electromagnetic fields, two voice recorders, a twist-top flashlight, and a laser grid. We didn't get anything with the laser grid, but we did get a few hits on the K2 and the twist-top light. The night started with an hour-long tour of the building. The group went from hotspot to hotspot, telling the history of the place, as well as telling stories of what has been seen. During the tour, I would take note of the baseline reading of each hotspot. While we were up in Angelo's hallway, I got a couple of spikes in the K2 meter. My my husband looked at me and asked me quietly, did you just nudge me? 
I shook my head. I was a few feet away from him. He told me that it felt like someone grabbed his hand. My husband, being the science-minded skeptic, shrugged and dismissed it. It was to be the first of a few things to happen to my husband that night. <laughs> After the tour, each group was left to do their own investigating. Our results from the night are pretty limited, so I'll be brief. In the atrium, we set up the K2 meter and the twist top flashlight on the couch. There rests an old electric organ on the opposite side of the room. There is no power running through the building, and the organ is unplugged. As soon as we sat down to start our EVP session, the light on the couch lit up. We all we looked at each other, astonished. This was the first time anything had happened to us all night, and we had been there for a few hours at this point. We got excited, so we asked the spirit to turn off the light. Very slowly, this is the twist flashlight. So they, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she told me this. They un, they. Uh, the idea with that is you loosely um, twist it so that yeah, so it can, it's, it's like easier. It's It'll just come on with a nudge kind mm -hmm, of a thing. Mm -hmm. It's problematic because you don't know if it's just, just yeah, flickering or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. But when it seems to be an intelligent response is when it gets when, like, when the timing hmm. works out to always yeah yeah you know hit so, when you're asking a question or something. It's a little suggestive, right? So that's the light that was on the couch that lit up. They looked at each other astonished. This was the first time anything had happened to us all night, and we had been there for a few hours at this point. We got excited, so we asked the spirit to turn off the light. Very slowly, the light turned itself off. I read all of that again, but I'm okay with it. Following that, we heard a switch on the organ click. The energy in the room was high. We couldn't believe it. We were there gently urging the spirit to do more and more, asking it to fiddle with organ, which it did, and try to turn on the light. After asking it one last time to mess with the light, my husband turned pale as a sheet of paper and turned to Mark and I and turned to, oh, my husband turned and turned to Mark and I. I think we need to leave, he said, power walking out of the room. <laughs> I was perplexed and called after him to ask why, but he remained silent. So taking the hint, Mark and I packed up the equipment and left. I confronted my husband in the hall and he told me it felt like I was punched or kicked in the chest. I was stunned. We guessed we had Ooh. asked too much of the spirit. It was like, get the fuck out! Punch in the chest. Finally, near the end of the night... <laughs> rude. Rude. We went up to the third floor, right outside the exit of the cafeteria, next to the main stairwell that was closed off due to it carrying so much sound. My K2 meter started going crazy, so we quickly turned on our voice recorders and started recording, asking who was with us. My husband had a look of discomfort on his face as time went on, shaking his foot as if it were asleep. I asked if he was okay, and he said that it felt like someone was stomping on the top of his foot with their heel. Ah. Uh. This went on for about five minutes. Oh, Jesus Christ. I started getting pissed because whatever it was th that was with us was hurting my husband. I asked it to kindly fuck off, and we left the area. Kindly fuck off. Kindly fuck off. We're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> we checked his foot and there was a bruise forming it shook the hell out of us it was the first time the spirits had been violent with my party and my visits and it shocked me because as far as i knew the spirits weren't aggressive grumpy maybe but not aggressive we left after that happened i still need to go over the audio files for evps but my husband still doesn't know what to think about what all happened to him 
I'm sorry if some of this is disjointed, but I'm super tired from the weekend and I have a final tomorrow. Thank you for all the laughs and I look forward to seeing Jamie again soon and meeting Michael eventually. Stay groovy. Darcy. Yay. And then she leaves a link that I can send you. Uh, so then she goes through and breaks down some of the places. Okay, yes, yes, so yes. So there is Boiler Hall, the old boiler room. I asked her to do this just like to give me an update and she went like really intense and I love it. Thank you, Darcy. This is so fantastic. Great. So great. The old boiler room worker named Eli was a violent womanizing drunk who drank too much one night and was found dead in the boiler room the next day. Good riddance. He has free reign over the entire building and is known to touch people, mostly women on the butt. And there are also reports of EVPs and hair being moved. Nurses Station in North One. There are many reports of shadow people, the sounds of shuffling, and medicine carts rolling around the hall. There was also an instance of an old wheelchair being pushed into someone. Also rude. Very rude. Jeffrey's room. On the second floor, Jeffrey, who was nine years old, and his older brother, who were 14, were brought there during the time uh, the manor was a poor farm. His brother was adopted almost immediately, but Jeffrey was left behind. He loves baseball, and his favorite player was Babe Ruth. When the manor was an old folks' home, many residents who got lost on the manor grounds, most suffered from Alzheimer's, would return to their rooms, and when asked about how they found their way back, they would say a little boy led them home. Those residents would pass away not long after seeing the apparition. Reportedly, activity includes moving toys, EVPs, cold spots, and rarely a full-body apparition. Mary Aiela, Aiela, A-E-I-L-L-A. Mary Aioli. Mary Delicious. <laughs> Mary was a blind woman who suffered from OCD who resided at the manor while it was an old folks home. She loved bingo and to hide her glass eyes. <laughs> she have loved bingo and to hide her glass eyes from the nurses who would be forced to find them. <laughs> that oh, that's great. kind of. I like her. She yeah. is delicious. She rocked her chair so aggressively that towels were wrapped and taped to, the, taped to the bottom of the chair to quiet the rocking and assuage the fellow residents' irritation. She often would bolt from her room to the bathroom across the hall to wash her hands due to her OCD. Reported activity includes a shadow flitting between her room and the bathroom, the sound of her cane tapping, the sound of the chair rocking, and the sound of shuffling. Get it, Mary? I like you. Yeah. I love that she hit her glass eyes. I know. Cafeteria. I like a ghost with a sense of humor. Me too. There are reports of EVPs of a stern food server that would tell you to go or leave if you stand on the wrong side of the line. (laughs) No soup for you! (laughs) Where the workers would serve residents. (laughs) No soup for you! Uh, The ghost of the the sound of the piano playing is also heard. Uh, Angelo's hallway. I like a musical ghost. Angelo makes me think of Oscar. The movie Oscar. Oh, oh yeah. Angelo! Oh. Uh, Angelo's hallway. I'm getting chills writing this. Welcome to my entire life, Darcy. Uh, Angelo was a fellow that took his own life in the bathroom on the second floor. Mm. Uh, 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 if you mention his death while recording EVPs, he will stop answering and actively will stop. Uh, yeah. If you sit and listen in the hall, you can hear shuffling, unexplained noises, and sometimes voices. It's one of the most active places in the manor. Atrium. It was once the location of the barn for the poor farm, but was built over for the old folks home. 
You can smell barnyard scents, cigarette smoke, and people have reported the sound of drums. It was said to be once uh, to once be a Native American land. I rolls eyes. I don't buy it, but you never know. <laughs> Thank you for getting that, Darcy. Uh, the sound of the organ keys <laughs> and knobs being fiddled with and pressed has also been reported. Amanda Stairway, an Alzheimer's patient named Amanda, would sit right outside the door to the stairway and watch the birds. She was rather fond of birds. She was wheelchair-bound and was on the way back inside when she wheeled herself inside and fell down the stairs. She survived the fall but died at the hospital. You can hear the sounds of birds singing, a wheelchair rolling around, and humming in the stairwell. Basement Hallway. Fuck a basement. The apparitions of a little boy and a little girl, also shadows, are seen, and the sound of medical carts are heard. George's room, or George's room. George was the old janitor and maintenance worker when the manor was converted to an old folks' home. He was a huge Steelers fan and wasn't very fond of ladies going into his space. There are many reports of being touched, frequent EVPs, and unexplained noises and lights being seen. Mary Virginia's room. Mary Virginia was born on Christmas Day and she loved the holiday season. She also loved beads. Reports in the room include moving objects, beads and stuffed animals, as well as EVPs. Chapel. Reports include the smell of candles, and when you sing a hymn, EVPs can be captured of someone finishing the verse. <laughs> Touches are also reported. Oh, God. Third floor morgue. There's, oh, there's so much. More. The entire place. room is made of marble to keep the bodies as cold as possible. There are reports oh, of heavy feelings and sense of foreboding. Mrs. Mr. Robinson's room, a resident of the manor who lived on the third floor who fell from the window. There is some debate on whether or not he was pushed or he jumped or he fell. Reports include EVPs and heavy a heavy feeling. There's a word for people that uh, go through windows to their death. Do you know what that's called? Defenestration. Defenestration, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jimmy and Jules, two pranksters from the days of the old folks' home. They were best friends who would sit in the backyard of the manor and sell lost golf balls back to golfers who lost their <laughs> balls in the rough. The manor butts up against a golf course. This is two old guys being like, hey, you want hey. your balls back? Yeah, get you. Get your balls right here. <laughs> in fact, part of the unmarked graves of the manor cemetery are on the land of the golf course. There hmm. are reports of shadows being seen, as well as frequent EVPs and the sound of shuffling and walking. So good. Ooh. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Darcy, for going through all that. That's great. All that intense but I wanted, research. I know. I want to add something that she for failed to mention in her story, but she told me, is that where he was, where he was getting his foot stomped, uh-huh. was where the old... Uh, barn was mm -hmm. so he said it he feels like it was it was more less than a person hitting stomping him with his heel and a horse or than a horse kicking him Ooh. so it could be especially horse. if they're not because most of them aren't violent they should never experience anything violent if it's an animal of some sort that's just, mm, that's just moving out of the way get out of the way yeah, literally spooked it's uh, turning to um so famous mr dead yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that uh but that is what they thought is because they were in the space where the old barn was that maybe it was an animal maybe it was a horse that was trying to get the get him to move yeah. and not necessarily Horses, you know you got to respect their space yeah dead true. or alive apparently and maybe he was standing behind him and it was just kicking back a little bit because they will do that just instinctively mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so Woo! so good thank you so much Damn, it was so that's good, good. That's i good. know i know all right and bringing us home is this nice longing from becca the blonde Woo! 
Hello, Gooligans. I love that. Or no, sorry, Gooligans. But I, I read it as Gooligans, and that's kind of what I want it to be now. Hello, Gooligans, says Becca the Blonde. I call you Gooligans. And thank you, Michael, for handing me a card to recommend this podcast when I met you in Anime Dallas. You are welcome. I remember that. And I'm so glad you listened. And not only listened, but wrote us in. Um, I wish I had discovered it sooner as I'm a huge fan of just about anything that is scary since I have had many creepy experiences myself. That being said, I have many chilling stories up my sleeve, but one that has always creeped me out the most uh, was a ride from my time as a volunteer, volunteer tour guide for one of the most famous haunted houses in the U.S. called the Sally House. Located in the little town of Atchison, Texas, uh, Kansas, Atchison, Texas, Atchison, Kansas. <laughs> There's probably one of them in Texas, too. Yeah, we steal all the names. To explain the tall tale of the haunted grounds, the house belonged to a physician. The front rooms uh, where he performed his medical talents, uh, the, the front rooms are where he performed his medical talents, while upstairs uh, hosted the bedrooms where he and his family slept. The infamous day came where a frantic mother burst into his home and demanded that he help her poor daughter, Sally a little girl who was suffering from abdominal pain so severe it caused her to collapse. After examining her, he decided to go into surgery immediately, and in fear that her appendix would burst, he rushed the procedure before the anesthesia took full effect. Mm. Shrill screams filled the room until they suddenly went silent, and Sally's body became as limp as a rag doll, her death now trapping her soul in the house. Many believed Sally to have died with the image of the man torturing her in her last moments. As a result, the house has been haunted in many different ways with many different ghosts uh, that had begun to live there. In addition, in terms of recorded attacks, most have resulted in being male and having suspected, uh, and have suspected that the, oh, most, I guess, okay, what she means is, uh, I imagine is, in addition, um, most recorded attacks come from males who suspect that the attacker was in fact Sally. Side uh. note fact, there are several records of people who have lived in the house over the years, one of them apparently taking part in a satanic ritual. Uh, a pentagram was located in the basement, and as an effort to get rid of it, they sprayed it over with black paint. Then after a few years... So they just made it darker? Yeah, <laughs> they're just like, let's just make it a big old square. Um, then after a few years... Another one had been drawn over the previous spot. Another pentagram. Oh, God. This was also removed, but it is suspected to have opened up a portal, which allowed many more souls to possess the house, both good and bad. This Ooh. basement had a, period of, uh, had a period of time when it was closed, uh, uh, closed off from tours, and it had reopened around the time I began volunteering. Fast forward to when I was in high school around 2016, and as a requirement to graduate in uh, the future, we needed to have met a number of uh, we needed to have met a number of volunteer hours. So, being the "I love me some spooks" character that I am, I was always the first person to sign up for the Sally House during I think the that's month. That's awesome! You could October. volunteer for a haunted house, right? Fuck Shit. Yeah. Teachers like, sure, whatever. Um, not only had I volunteered yet again, it was the first time in a while that the house was being hosted, uh, was hosting a special tour on October 31st. Both fortunately and unfortunately, the tours are hosted during the daylight. However, the paranormal acts, uh, the uh, were, the paranormal acts were always around. Most guests experience seeing one out of two lights flick on and off, the bulbs being brand new and working on a single light switch. Some see objects move slightly out of place or witness doors creaking open or closed. They hear the sounds of furniture moving or footsteps creaking, and some have left with bruises and marks. Throughout every guest, uh, throughout every guest, me and two other tour guides were there to witness it all. One of my favorite jobs, however, is being the questioner. 
That's in quotes. The questioner, as I like to call it, is someone who holds paranormal L-shaped tools called dowsing rods to ask ghosts questions. Most questions have to be formed uh, so that they can be answered either yes or no, but some questions such as uh, where are you in the room right now can be asked and the rods will turn in your hands to point where they will. If the ghost answers no, the rods will move out to the sides. If the ghost answers yes, they will cross over each other. As innocent as this little method may seem, it has brought me one of the creepiest interactions I believe I've ever experienced, or ever will. My friend and I were in one of our favorite rooms, where inside was a bed and a single comfy chair that looked hella old, <laughs> uh, but nice at the same time. My friend told me on my first volunteer day that there was a very talkative ghost that lingered in that room, and said he had named it Top Hat Guy. Fantastic name, I know. I went <laughs> along with it, and had asked questions in the room frequently until I had, in a safe sense, become... Kind of addicted to it. Uh, <laughs> in a safe sense, fully addicted. <laughs> so during the Halloween tour, I had a few ghosts, uh, a few guests observe uh, as I sat up straight Six on the bed. One. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> let me start that over again. So during the Halloween tour, <laughs> a few guests observed as I sat up straight on the bed with the dowsing rods in my hands, asking my favorite question, where are you in the room right now? To which the rods would turn and point to Top Hat Guy's favorite spot, the hella old chair. Humorously, people would sit in the, his chair sometimes, and some even mentioned that it was cold, while Top Hat Guy would then move to the corner of the room. If he wasn't in his chair, he was in the corner of the room. The guests would ask many yes or no questions, deciding that the ghost was a friendly type, especially after he answered no when one had asked, are you upset that I'm sitting in your chair? But friendly questions soon turned creepy when I had a few guests come up with personal trivia questions. One parent asked if she had kids, and... Uh, uh, he answered correctly, saying, no. Uh, another asked, do I like cats more than I like dogs? He answered, yes, which was correct. This one was <laughs> awkward. One man with his girlfriend asked lightheartedly if he had cheated on her to prove his innocence. The ghost didn't answer. Oh. Eventually, I'm most... sure she was very, she felt very confident in him after that. <laughs> right? Um, the ghost was like, I don't want to get involved in this. <laughs> Eventually, most of the touring groups had left, except for two separate ones. The same woman who had asked about having kids asked jokingly, does my husband like Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chiefs? The ghost responded, no, to which she said giddily, that's correct, he hates them. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, these all still seem like lighthearted questions and answers, but aside from the slim occasion of him not answering at all, the ghost had not gotten a single one wrong. I was mentally freaking out, uh, but my thoughts had stopped altogether when the family left me with one old lady who had been lingering in the room. She told me her name, that she practiced witchcraft, and that she was a soothsayer. She wanted to test the ghost on his knowledge of death, so she asked, will I die before my husband? And he answered, no. She closed her eyes and sighed with a smile. I was worried that I'd been part of a very bad subject, but her very calm and somewhat happy reaction had me frozen in place. When she opened her eyes and looked at me, she said, that is correct. I have seen it and I'm prepared for when the day comes. The woman then began to walk out the door, but before she left, she looked just beside me where I felt a cool presence on my left side as the bed sunk slightly. She smiled and looked at me as she pointed to what I was feeling and said, that is not who you think it is. <laughs> needless no! to say, needless to say, fucking hate this woman. <laughs> needless to say. Or I love her for later. Uh, 
she could have said something earlier. Uh, needless to say, I never touched the rods again that day. <laughs> and when I used them in my future years of hosting tours, I forbade people to ask personal questions. So there's one of the many stories about the Sally House that I have experienced. If you ever want more, please let me know. We want more. We want more. <laughs> I also have two secondhand stories told by my co-volunteers uh, who worked in Sally House about the demon in the basement and kitchen caught on video, as well as the girl who found a playmate. Thank you for taking the time to read the story, and I hope you've enjoyed it. We my did. have we. Uh, gave me goosebumps. Oh, that is not who you think it is. What? Oh. What the fuck is it? Tell me more. Tell me more. I just love, am I going to die before my husband? Nope. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what a... What a weird thing to be sad at. Well, oh she wasn't gosh. excited, but it's just funny. That would be my mom. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. Thank Ooh. you, everyone, for sending in your stories. Uh, please keep sending in stories. We, of course, always, forever, uh, ghoulintentions.com. You mm. can send them mm. there at the top of the menu where it says, submit your story here. You can also... <laughs> couldn't be easier. Join our Patreon as well. You can... If you care to. If we you certainly care. are very You can give us reviews on any of your podcast Please. listening... These, applications. These, uh, these hot Jamies are working quite well. Very good. I feel good. <laughs> uh, I'm, I remember three things. I think that's fucking amazing right that's now. Right. And you just you did it so well. Thank I'm you. So proud of you. Thank you. I feel like there's something. Oh, no. I said that. <laughs> I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Uh, oh, well. That's fine. Well, I'll just say it next time. There you go. And remember, it's, it's okay, okay to, to sleep, sleep with, with the, the lights, lights on. on. Um, there is a song, Jack and I were listening to Christmas music earlier and cracking ourselves up by being super, um, super duper, uh, uh, cynical about it. And there was one song that we heard, um, called, I think, I can't remember how it goes. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. War is coming. It's all <laughs> over. War is coming now. Just delete that, Matt.